listening to Inspire On The Go. It's your weekly dose of fun, encouragement, real-life conversations, and all things women's ministry, regularly featuring segments from Andrea's radio show, Truth On The Go. If you find yourself on the go, then this is the podcast for you. Now, welcome your host, Andrea Lennon, as we talk about all the great truths that we can take with us as we go through our day. Hey, sweet friends, it's Andrea. I hope that your day is going really well. Wow, time just flies. If you were able to join us last week, you know that my new book, God in the Window, is available for purchase now. And wow, it's just overwhelming to me as I've had just wonderful response from people about the book. And I'm so thankful for that. And Bethany, I just want to invite you into the conversation here because we are in the midst of talking about God in the Window and kind of like what this process has been like and maybe like what the hopes and dreams are as <laughs> we look to the future. And so thank you for, you know, helping me talk about what this book has meant to me and what it is meaning to current readers. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. It's been fun to kind of be a part of this process in a very, very small way. You've just come in and kind of given me weekly updates on, you know, how the book has come in and all of that. And it's been fun. Well, one thing that really you helped me with so much is the cover of the book. You know, we (laughs) haven't had a chance to talk about the cover of the book. And as many of you know, this is my fourth book. And so I've been down this road before. I've also published two DVDs. And so there have been definite seasons of production whenever you're in that full, you know, mode of producing. And I serve as the project manager for all of my resources. And so I'm working with editors and formatters and writing coaches and illustrators so that we have a cohesive project. And so on my previous books and on my previous projects, I've never struggled with the book cover. I've always just loved the very first thing that I received. And I so trust the people that God brings along to be a part of the True Vine team. Hmm. You know, I know that God has called them. I know that he has gifted them. I know that he has equipped them. Bethany, you're one of these individuals that I think about when I think about the True Vine team. And it is a picture of the body of Christ and how we all have different gifts and we all have different abilities. And God, in his goodness and grace and sovereignty and his provision, he just works through all of us to accomplish his plans and purposes. And so... When somebody sends something to me, I just assume, hey, that is what it's supposed to be. And so I'm very grateful, like when I receive the cover of a book or suggestions for editing or suggestions for social media and marketing. Well, for whatever reason, this particular cover was very difficult for me to decide on. And I think it's because this was such a personal project. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I received the first like four covers, I struggled (laughs) with all of them. And Bethany had to walk with me through that process, I would come in and I would say, okay, what do you think about this one? And what do we need to do with this one? And what what about this? But God so moved as we landed on this cover. Well, and one of the main kind of struggles of picking out the cover was because you wanted to incorporate a picture from your childhood that's from a Billy Graham crusade that was at War Memorial. And uh, it really played a big, significant role in your life, this one picture. If you want to read the story, read the book. That's good. That's uh, good, Bethany. I like that. But that was the main thing is that you couldn't figure out how to how to weave in this picture and should we even include it there was just a lot of struggle that came with that absolutely also the title God in the window you know you want to 
picture that conveys the fact that he is in the window of our lives, that he sees us, that he knows us, that he's intimately involved in the details of our lives, that he's directing every single aspect of our lives. And so trying to find the right image to convey that, it was a tall task Mm -hmm. and it was emotional. And so I'm so tickled with the book cover now. Like you said, there is a picture from the Billy Graham crusade that took place in 1989 at War Memorial Stadium in Little Rock, Arkansas. And then also there are these vines Hmm. on this cover and the vines represent True Vine Ministry and they represent John 15, how we're called to abide in him and how he will abide in us and how apart from him, we can do nothing and how it is to the father's glory that we bear much fruit. And so the cover really sets the stage for the book. And here's what I love. You know, whenever you look at the cover prior to reading the book, I think you'll think, well, that's kind of a cool cover. That's a little bit different. That's a little bit unique, you know, but when you finish the book and you look at the cover, the depth of Mm -hmm. meaning is going to go to an entirely different level. So would you say that that picture and that cover is the most meaningful part of the book or is there another aspect that, that means more to you? I think that for sure it is very meaningful to me, but probably the most meaningful aspect of the book is my adoption story Hmm. and really being honest about my adoption story. And then at the end of the book, I love this. At the (laughs) end of the book, uh, I do an epilogue where I share the gospel through the lens of my adoption. And it, I mean, it's so meaningful to see, you know, how God takes those difficult areas of life and he uses those for the advancement of his kingdom. And Mm -hmm. so I love that. So what's your hope for the book going forward? What do you hope women that read this really get out of this book? I know exactly the answer to that. And it is not that they would know Andrea Lennon or (laughs) True Vine Ministry. My hope is that they will know Christ, Mm -hmm. that they will know the power of his resurrection, that they will know the fellowship of his suffering, that they will become like him in the way that they think and the way that they act and the way that they react and the way that they process, you know, all aspects of their life. And so that is my hope for the reader is that they'll walk away from this book and they'll look at their life and they'll go, okay, here are my struggles. You know, here are my areas where I am bound up in issues of control or issues of fear. And I'm going to call that out for what it is. I'm going to put it on the table and I'm going to, I'm going to ask Jesus to radically change my life. And so that is for sure my hope for the reader. (laughs) And in the, in the process, if they learn a little bit about me and a little bit about my family and feel like they get to know me, then that's just icing on the cake. So what was it like though, writing all this? Cause you mentioned your family kind of was involved in the process have they been kind of supportive or have they been surprised by certain stories that you included or what's their response been well they've been super supportive you know I wrote the book and along the way collaborated with my parents and with my husband and with my siblings with my children with my close friends because you know what whenever you're vulnerable about your story you're also being vulnerable about other people's stories Mm -hmm. and so you know it's very important to be respectful in that process and so I 
I collaborated with them. And I remember one weekend I went to see my parents in Rogers, Arkansas. They live in Northwest Arkansas. And we sat down and we went through the entire manuscript together. And we were pulling pictures because there are a ton of pictures in the book that kind of trace the journey of my life and the development of my ministry. And so we were pulling pictures and we were talking about different aspects of the story. And we got to the end of it and they both clapped. And so like that was so meaningful to me, so meaningful. And then with my husband and my boys, it became a family affair for Mm -hmm. sure. And, you know, I think about my boys specifically, you know, I'm an 18 year old and a 14 year old and they know every story that I told about them. There were stories that they pulled. Yeah. They were like, mom, you're not telling that. I mean, like seriously, mom. And I would, I would try like, okay, so like, can I, can I barter with you on this? Because it's a great story. And they're like, no, it's not happening. We want to have girlfriends someday. That's right. So that's no. right. That's right. And so it was just great to be able to collaborate with them. And then with my husband too, as we sat down and we had to process like, okay, so like, what are some struggles that our family faces that maybe we've never talked about before? And so we talked about technology. Like I talk about technology in the book and how you can be present physically, but not present emotionally and mentally and how you can microwave family time instead hmm. of really protecting it. And I walk through the different seasons of our lives from when it was just me and Jay and we were dating. Uh, we had a long distance dating relationship and then we got married and we're all of a sudden around each other. And so there was a significant transition there whenever we moved to Arkansas and what that was like, you know, once we had kids and and just all the different seasons of life. We, we talk about that and we're super honest, obviously, through the ups and the downs and the triumphs and the struggles. And we just really want families to be encouraged Mm -hmm. to just live life together. So do you feel like your marriage and your relationship with your boys, was that strengthened through this process? Absolutely. You know, I think what we can do is we can get so busy in just our normal routine of life, like whatever is going on in our present, that we can forget to go back and celebrate the journey. And so that's what this has been for me, for Jay, for our boys, going back and seeing the faithfulness of God. And it was so good to relive the dating years with Jay. It was so good to relive, you know, some of those moments when we just saw the faithfulness and the hand of God and the provision of God. So like I said, we had a long distance dating relationship. And so we were never really in the same town. So we wrote letters and we sent it through like the postal service, like where you had to put it in an envelope. Needed a stamp. And a stamp was needed. Jay told me, I remember, he told me about email, but that was like too cutting edge for me. I was like, I cannot do email. I'm not into technology. And now and look at you now. Now look at me You've now. I so know. Much. I know. And so we wrote letters and I would chase the mailman down in our neighborhood in order to get the letter. You know, and so it was good to remember that. It was good to remember how God was so faithful as Jay and I were running from him to bring us together. Uh, if you read the book, you'll find out quickly that we were in a desert season whenever Jay and I met and married and to see the faithfulness of God to protect us, you know, during that time was so good. And then also, you know, to see how God prepared us for ministry, even though we had no idea that that's what we were going to be doing together. You know, I think about when we were dating and I say this in the book, you know, dating was like butterflies in your stomach and it was like long walks and it was great talks and it was going out to dinner. And then the first year of marriage was so different. It was like hamburger helper and $5 (laughs) until the next payday. And 
and you know being around each other 24 7 and you know and as we went back and as we processed our journey it was like the butterflies in our stomach again Mm -hmm. as we remembered our love story and as we remembered how God and his faithfulness brought us together and so this has been a great process for all of us for me for my family and I pray it'll be a great process for the readers as well well we're going to keep digging through God in the window and the process of writing it Andrea and your story coming up right after the break in just a moment Andrea will return with a final thought if you would like to hear more of her teachings visit andrealennonministry.org it is the ultimate website for the girl on the go with Bible studies video sessions podcasts books and down-to-earth blogs straight from Andrea's heart be sure and subscribe so that you can stay connected Again, that's andrealennon.org. Now, let's hear a final truth from Andrea. Welcome back. We're talking all things God in the Window, which is my new book. And we're talking about the power of our stories and the power of knowing our stories, owning our stories, inviting God to do a transformational work through our stories so that we can share them for his glory. Well, and this is what I love about God in the Window and and how you've written this. It's not just an autobiography that's all about you. (laughs) Right. It's about God in you and how God used a lot of really kind of painful things or, or difficult things, how he grew you. It's about just being real. And so can you share a little bit about maybe one of the more meaningful stories that you tell? Absolutely. Well, there were so many meaningful stories, you know, as I sat down to write and just tried to get my mind around my own story. You know, mm-hmm. that's a that's a big task yeah. right there. And so one that comes to mind that I was actually rereading last night was something that took place when I was a little girl. I was saved at the age of six, loved Jesus, loved going to church from a very early age and had a special relationship with God because he was my safe place, you know, and that's the beauty of struggle. Struggle has the opportunity to push us and to make us hungry for our relationship with Jesus. And so that was my story as a young child. And so God was at work in my life, even from a very young age. And I remember one particular story that has really become a part of True Vine ministry. And it took place with my granddad. I had a special relationship with my granddad Horn. I loved him. I was like, he was my hero (laughs) wherever he was at. That's where I wanted to be. And so when he was working, either inside or outside, I was, I was his shadow in every way. And so this particular day we were in the garden and we were tilling the garden. They had a good size garden and they would plant okra and corn and tomatoes and onions and potatoes and lettuce and all those different kinds of things. I do not have a green thumb, but my family has a green <laughs> thumb. I go to Kroger and I visit the locally grown section. That's how I that's handle. That's how you farm. That's how I farm. And I'm good with that. <laughs> but uh, that's what we were doing. We were tilling the garden in order to prepare it for the seed. And granddad, just gave me a specific instruction. He said, follow behind me and carry the tomato juice. There was a mason jar of tomato juice. He said, when you get thirsty, take a drink. When I get thirsty, I'll take a drink. And he said, we're going to till this garden. Well, it was hot, you know, Arkansas humidity in the Mm -hmm. summer. I can remember it so vividly. And we're just going back and forth in the garden, back and forth, back and forth, tilling the ground, preparing the soil for the seed. And I guess I just got bored because I decided to make a game out of this tilling experience. And so I let my granddad get ahead of me and I decided to put my little bitty shoe print only inside of his very definite boot print because his stride was larger than mine I had to really stretch I had to really strain to jump from boot print to boot print to boot print to boot print and I was doing that and as I was jumping from boot print to boot print I had this thought even as like a little seven or eight year old girl I thought this is how I should follow Jesus I should never get ahead of him Hmm. I should 
never get too far behind him and my print should never be bigger than his. And so as I was jumping from print to print to print, I started singing the song Footsteps of Jesus that make the pathway glow. We will follow the steps of Jesus where'er they go. You know, and in the book, I talk about how that was such a poignant moment for me and maybe even the beginning of this just struggle with control. Was I really going to jump from boot print to boot print to boot print and follow God with complete abandon or was I going to play it safe? And so Mm. that story in the book is so meaningful to me. But it's not all serious. You do tell a few funny stories. (laughs) Let me tell you you something. Can you tell some? I attract awkward moments. I mean, there (laughs) is... Well, that makes two of us. There is no doubt that if there is an awkward moment within a five mile radius of me, I'm not only going to attract it, I'm going to amplify it. (laughs) And so there are so many stories that I share in this book. And one that comes to mind that I've never told publicly until this particular book is how my my family, they love to give me a hard time. Mm -hmm. And they love to play on the fact that I'm kind of the church girl. Now, everyone in my family is a believer. They're all Christians. They all love the Lord, but they kind of love to give me a hard time about, you know, how I'm very proper and how I like to, you know, always have my Bible with me. And I'm always quoting a scripture, always have like this transformational truth to share, you know. And so my family decided to play a trick on me. Every Christmas we get together and we exchange gifts through a white elephant gift exchange. Mm -hmm. And so the purpose of that is to bring a gift that everybody wants to fight over. And so I always bring a gift that I want to take home with me. And then I try to fight for that particular gift. And my entire family, they come against me in force to make sure that I do not get the gift that I want. And every single year, Bethany, I decide I'm not playing the game. I'm not getting upset. (laughs) I'm not going to throw a fit. And every single year I do. And so like my dad, who is just a wonderful man of wisdom, he's the kindest soul you'll ever meet, but he leads the charge and he's going to make sure I'm not going home with that salad bowl or whatever I brought. And so this particular year, not only did they decide that I wasn't going home with the gift that I wanted, they had the perfect gift that I needed to take home. And they all worked together to make sure that I picked that gift. And I still to this day do not know how it happened, but I picked the gift that my brother Jason brought. Now, let me tell you about Jason. Jason is my big brother and he loves to give me a hard time. When I was in high school and in junior high, he would constantly tell me, I'm going to put you in the trash can. And I would constantly cry thinking I'm going to be in the trash can. And so he has just, he's a great big brother and he's super protective, but he loves to give me a hard time. And so he bought a fake lottery ticket. What? That is what he bought. He bought a fake lottery ticket and he told the family, I want Andrea to get this fake lottery ticket because she will not know what to do with it. And so they put it in a gift that had like fuzzy socks and lotion and like a gift card and all these things that I would love. And then there was this fake lottery ticket. And so somehow I picked this gift and I opened it and everyone is in on it and everyone is even recording it. And I have no idea what's happening. And so I love the fuzzy socks. I love the lotion. I love the gift card. And then I have this lottery ticket. And Bethany, I had like a crisis of belief. (laughs) What do you do whenever you are a Bible teacher and you get a lottery ticket? Like I don't play the lottery and it's not, you know, I shouldn't even set that example in front of people. You should be more concerned about your brother that bought the lottery ticket. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like leading a lamb to the slaughter. When you watch the video, my brother's like, 
like saying, oh, Andrea, just just scratch off a couple of the numbers. No one's going to know. It's just family. We're not going to put it on social media. It'll just be fun. You're probably not a winner anyway, and so don't worry about it. And so I, I did. And I was like, well, I don't have a penny because it was one of those scratch-off tickets. He, yeah. he happened to have one, oh, so he convenient. threw it to yeah. me, and I'm scratching off. And because it was fake, it didn't matter what I scratched off. It was going to be a winner. Yeah. So I scratch off the first number and you know then I scratch off the second number and I see that it's a match now here's the point where I have to be very transparent I start to get excited at that moment because I'm starting to think you know I've been praying for the Lord to bless a ministry I've been praying for a new computer I've been praying for you know provision that would come from God wherever you want to bring it and so my mind starts like thinking maybe God's providing through this lottery ticket and then I have this crisis where I'm going but what will I tell people what will I say and so so I scratch off the third number and it has the appearance that I just won $10,000. <laughs> and so I'm on video going, I won, I won $10,000. I won, I won, you know, and I'm just going over the top about it. And I realize everyone in the room is laughing, not with me, but at me. Oh. And I was like, is this a fake ticket? And they're like, yes. <laughs> and we have it all on video. And so I told them, I'm like, you can never tell a soul no. that I was excited about a fake lottery ticket. But now you see how transparent the Lord has made me be <laughs> through writing this book. I tell that story along with a ton of other embarrassing, awkward moments. And we can confirm that you do not gamble and that That's you right. don't play the lottery. That's right. I've never nothing. purchased a ticket. I've never, you know, scratched any ticket off until that particular time uh, as we were at Christmas celebrating the Lord's birth. And you, and you learned your lesson. <laughs> and I learned my lesson. No more. No more. Well, okay, Andrea, can you share a little bit about going forward what you see True Bond Ministry doing and where you see the, the ministry going and what your hope is for it? Absolutely. I'm so thankful for the opportunity to continue to share God's word. My passion is to encourage women to know the truth, to live the truth, and to share the truth. You know, and I think about how God's word is full of precepts to follow and promises to claim and the beauty of knowing his word. And so as we move forward, I'm going to continue to write. I'm going to continue to publish. I'm going to continue to record radio programs and podcasts. God is just really opening national doors mm. uh, for True Vine Ministry. So stay tuned. There is a good chance that I'm going to be, you know, coming to your state. I'm going to be coming to an area close by. And what I really hope to do with True Vine Ministry is transition it into a community where women can encourage one another. Right now, it's just a place where you can go and you can grab, you know, a quick blog or you can listen to a quick podcast or you can, you know, download a free downloadable resource or you can purchase a book but I really want to transition the ministry into a community where we can know each other and where we can encourage one another so that's the next step you know and I think about how True Vine Ministry is based on the Word of God it's so important for us to know the Word I want to just leave with this particular passage of Scripture found in Psalms 29 you know this was my devotional reading just yesterday morning and it blessed me so much and here's what it says Psalms 29 starting in verse 1 Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. And then the passage concludes by saying this, The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. And I love that passage of scripture because there is a model for us to follow. When we give glory to God, when we ascribe to his name, the glory due his name, when we understand
understand his worth and his role in our life, he is going to bless us with two things. He's going to bless us with the strength to navigate this time here on this earth. Jesus himself said, there are going to be times of trouble while you're here on earth, but take heart because I've overcome the world. Mm -hmm. So God will give us strength as we worship him and he'll give us peace. And I also think about, you know, Jesus right before he went to heaven, he said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. And so as we glorify God, as we worship God, as we praise God, he's going to give us the strength that we need to navigate our time here on this earth. And he's going to give us a peace that guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Well, that is so good, Andrea. And real quick, can you kind of recap and remind the listeners of how they can get a copy of God in the Window? Absolutely. Well, God in the Window is available for purchase through my website. So my website is actually the one-stop shop for all things Trevon Ministry. So if you go to andrealennonministry.org, you can go to the shop button and you can order your copy today. While you're there, subscribe and you'll receive all of the updates whenever I send a blog out, whenever I send an email out, sometimes I send out a coupon code. All of that will come directly to your inbox if you hit the subscribe button. So thank you so much, Bethany, for allowing me this opportunity to share with the listener about God in the window. And to you, the listener, thank you so much for the opportunity to just enjoy life and faith together. I love you and I can't wait to see how God works in your life. This episode of Inspire On The Go is over, but we hope you'll be back next Monday for the latest episode. In the meantime, you can visit absc.org forward slash inspire podcast to find more episodes and ways to connect with Andrea. Also, if you're in central Arkansas, you can find Andrea's radio show Truth On The Go at 93.3 The Fish and 99.5 Faith Talk Radio on Sunday mornings.